0: Day. where there's a will there's a way
1: hello everyone and welcome to raw recovery a trudging together podcast is Dion and I will be your host all right okay just make sure my audio was okay there folks all right and I'm gonna be your host today today we are we are going to be talking with a young man Gordon, you know, I, uh, I went to go tell my story, um, for my seven year. And, uh, this is going somewhere. This is an introduction. And, um, so I told my story and it was a female before me and, uh, told my story. I got down in the person that runs me meeting said, Dion, you know, um, I appreciate what you did because a lot of times when we have men come and tell their stories they don't really share their feelings they don't really tell like what it was like and i really understood that i i really heard what he was saying so with that being said the reason that i picked gordon to be on the show was because i felt like he had his emotions in order i've been listening to this guy for a few months and i think he's got some great things to say gordon welcome to the show thank you for taking your time thanks for having me absolutely absolutely so this is a point where dion relinquishes control this is you know we all know how it works this is not my podcast it is a speaker's podcast and that is how we are different i'm here to support gordon and what he is doing so i'm done running my mouth now and let's get to the start of the show today, Gordon. Welcome. Good to have you, man.
0: Thank you. Thanks again. Uh, happy to be here. Gordon, a grateful alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I say grateful for a couple of different reasons. Um, people get confused with that. Wondering, what, why is he grateful? Sure. Um, I'm grateful because I finally admitted that I was powerless over mm-hmm. alcohol wow. um and f- figured it out and found this program of aa um yeah. so for that i'm grateful and absolutely um so i'll move into a little bit of qualifying um and uh, <laughs> let you know how it was what happened and what it's like now um, Sounds good. so what it comes down to is i started early in life um my dad and my mom and my stepmom were partiers. Uh, my dad's an alcoholic. Christ. Mom's an alcoholic addict. Um, my dad wasn't so much an addict, but he did drugs Go ahead. right in front of me um, from an early, early age, um, from when I can pretty much remember. Um, big time parties um, all the time, friends, bottles, beers smoking weed and whatever else. yeah, uh, the whole nine and, uh, me and my brother started stealing it. Uh, nah. I, was, I was 11 years old. He was 12. Yeah. Um, started uh, snagging my dad's beer and his bud yeah. and you know, so that was the start of it all for mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. we were getting <laughs> loaded they were getting loaded. Yeah, And, um, So that kind of continued for a while. Um, My dad was honest about it and he got mad at us about it. Don't (laughs) steal my stuff. Why are you doing it? Uh, Don't do what I do, do what I say, type of stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, yeah, right, Dad. So that continued on. The first time I ever got really, really wasted, me and my best friend were about 12, 13 years old, drank a bottle of Jaeger uh, between the two of us and smoked a bag of weed. And yeah, uh, for some reason didn't get caught like and that's pretty much where it comes into is the basis of my story is (laughs) uh, went through uh, my childhood just kind of doing and um, into the teenage years uh, moved um, out of my hometown um, up to another uh, up north up towards um, where I'm from now. Okay. Kept it going um all through high school started selling and, uh, and drank the whole time and the whole 9 yards never got caught never right. you know just what, and didn't it feel normal? It was yeah. so normal. Yeah. We we just uh, cuz of my my like I said again it was in my face and my dad didn't lie about it yeah. he made it seem okay. He was my hero and he made it seem okay looking back on it now um when i played football and when my coaches would come over my dad would have to hide stuff and move stuff out and i was like Uh, yeah you know and you go through dare and all that stuff and you're just like what like no this doesn't apply to my dad this doesn't apply to my my family and my life right Um, you know (laughs) and so there i am and just trudging through it and uh, my brother went through all kinds of litigation. He was the one that got caught. So I learned uh-huh. how not to get caught from him. He went to jail. He got kicked out of school. He did all these different
1: things. And okay. for
0: some reason, uh, I skated by and
1: yeah. my poor brother.
0: Yeah. You were just was, Maybe
1: you were just a little bit more sly than him. Huh? Yeah,
0: I was, <laughs> I learned what not to do from his, from him. Yeah, and, exactly. um, uh, <laughs> there I was. And so I never, uh, I was actually the only one in my family that graduated high school Whoa. Um, in right. my entire family. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I made it a, I made it a, uh, a, a, a total, um, mission of mine. I actually almost got kicked out in ninth grade for a little baggie that was rolled up in my wallet that, okay. um, that was, uh, you know should have but there was nothing in it in the you know he suspended me for some reason and then i went back my dad told me not to go back he's all i don't give a shit. you don't have to graduate you don't have to do this wow. um screw that school you know he was an alcoholic his brain yeah. was twisted by drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. um and so i was like no i'm doing it and so i i was the only one that graduated i actually graduated yes, with you. a really high really high grade point average sure um and you know, super smart. And I just kept doing, kept doing, just kept going, kept drinking, kept smoking, um, moved in with my brother right after high school, met my wife. Um, she was a cute little girl, came over to my brother's house where we were at. Um, and, uh, I sold her some drugs the very first time I ever met her and we had some drinks and she was 16 and I was 18. Ooh, okay. uh, yeah, super early uh, for some sure. reason we made it together, um, moved out of the hometown that we were in, um, got good jobs right out of the gate. We I went oh into construction. She was a, a computer girl and, you know, she was kicking ass. I was kicking ass. I made construction foreman, and project manager at 24 years old. Wow. Project wow. And manager. So, yeah. And it was, it was like, it was like a, um, let me back up for just a second. So I, I, right before we moved out of our hometown, I got my DUI. I've only had one DUI, oh, but it, by right. some reason I was 21. I, um, yeah, made a mistake, was drinking a uh, full bottle, kind of, yeah. kind of went into the heavy drinking. I, I was, a, I I was every kind of drinker. Uh, I was a moderate drinker um, yeah. I was a uh, You know heavy drinker binge drinker um, Everything The only time I was a moderate drinker was when I was a kid though uh, I figured that out um, And yeah. moved to heavy um, Got my DUI Got yeah. over that um, Figured that out Not to get caught anymore started driving rigs That were better And, and, and <laughs> moved out of town Because our yeah. town is really high For, for people getting in trouble you know and and so moved uh down south a little ways to a bigger area um not too awful far away from the family but still got out of town um got good jobs bought uh bought a house together bought cars bought boats doing really good still drinking still doing drugs it was an everyday thing for me every day i would drink every day morning noon and nights not drinking but smoking weed and 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 stuff like that every day um you know and that was kind of my life uh then we got we got married um yeah just the party continued um it was it was the norm never never got caught again we just kind of went through it all skated many many times got pulled over many times should have gotten caught drinking and driving should have you know, been in, been in trouble many times. Um, and then, you know, like I said, so we were, we were called, we were what was known by our friends as dinks, uh, dual income, no kids. We oh, didn't no. want to have kids. Um, everybody else was, uh, you know, three kids deep by accident, um, going okay. through their trials and tribulations, everybody that we knew, um, doing their thing. And there we were just kind of killing it and, and yeah. doing our thing and, it was good it was a good life i thought it was normal to be like this It was it was it was it was chill for me i never started drink i drank after work or after the gym or you know at night time yeah. I, I could i was able to take days off here and there too just because yeah. i had a hangover or or anything like that you know and um so we kind of you were you were very highly functional very high functioning yeah uh, very very oh, yeah. High functioning. i um I ended up uh, kind of the good job that I had at the, at the time, w- which was project manager of a, of a reputable company, high-end job. Uh, they were going to start drug testing, and they didn't uh. want they didn't want people that drank at their company, and huh. so it kind of fizzled out. I got snippy, I it was like the next day they were going to start drug testing, and I told my boss, uh supervisor to get bent and yeah i don't i never got i got fired from i've been fired from every job that i've ever had pretty much it wasn't because directly of drugs and alcohol but it was because of the way my mind was twisted from drugs and alcohol yeah your behavior was just my wasn't acceptable exactly i wasn't gonna let anybody tell me what to do yeah um i'm Right. Exactly. And, um, I, you know, I, I am a high functioning alcoholic. I, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a high functioning drug addict. I'm not going to have anybody telling me what to do. Here I am. Take me as you get me. Um, and I was good at my job. I was good at what I do. And I had a silver tongue and I had a lot of good math skills and stuff like that. And all the skills that it took to run big high end projects and and do what I did. And, And so that kind of continued on, got a couple other jobs, ended up getting fired from those. Yep. um, On and on. Um, I got into my 30s, early 30s-ish. I had kind of a weird, I had a kind of a weird epiphany about, um, you know, getting old or something. And that's when I decided I wanted to have a kid. Uh, Ah, right. I was. uh, And so that was kind of the breaking point. I, you know, my wife was a big time career girl and she got mad at me. She was in that mode where I'm not staying home with a kid, you know, Uh, like this whole thing. Oh, no way. What are you talking about? And so she had her career, didn't she? Yo, yeah, oh, yeah. She was a career girl. She yeah. was big dog. She was killing it just like I was. And, and so, you know, she's not going to set anything down and this and that and the other. And so she I said, Okay, fine. And kind of threw me into a depression. You know, she's she, she it's her body. She's the one that's got to ultimately decide I can't guilt her into it Otherwise, she's not gonna be yeah. there as a mother and all that stuff. So it took a few years I just kind of went into this depression mode um, yeah. Started started drinking more. It's not the reason why I'm an alcoholic, but it's an excuse to drink mm. um, And you know, that's really where it came down to it was kind of the shift for me i remember nights um sitting there just drunk as hell and just you know crying into the bottle if you will about oh yeah you know i'm never gonna have my kid i'm never gonna have a full life blah blah these stories that i told myself you know and and so lo and behold you know the the whole time uh that was kind of the catalyst of the the end stage if you will of the uh Starting to go down the wrong path with alcohol, okay. right? And yeah. um, I had quit. Do I had done hard drugs in my early days, and okay. I quit all those. Um, wasn't into that. I just still smoked a lot of weed. Um, right. And she. she uh, so as the couple of years later, in that part of the the story. She finally came around. For some reason, she got the bug. She was getting a little older. It was probably our our mid 30s. Yeah. She goes, Yeah, okay, I want to have a kid. And I go, Oh, shit, really? And so (laughs) there we are. Um, So I actually had to quit smoking and drinking for a few weeks to make myself fertile enough so we could try yep. because I was so, you know, into the heavy drink and I was probably around, uh, you know, a pint to a fifth that at that time of day, yeah. uh, every that's day. Yeah. And that's and a good it,
1: point. I don't think a lot of men understand that alcohol brings down your sperm count drastically yeah. does it not?
0: Yep. and the weed and everything and weed, too. Yeah. So. It was a big thing. So I was like, you know, what's important to me, you know, and so I was able to set it down and I did. Wow. Uh, we went through the first month and uh, she didn't get pregnant. Um, this is a good part of the story because I that was that was the catalyst to me setting it down because it was like, okay I were just having fun, trying huh. didn't get pregnant. And she cried. Um, so I knew, I knew that she would be a good mother. She wasn't just doing it for me. She was, she was there. She wanted it badly. Just like I did. And so that's when I put the bottle and the weed down and lo and behold, the very next month she got pregnant. Um, (laughs) yeah, she announced it to me. I remember her coming out of the bathroom, announcing it to me. I was drunk, passed out on the floor, of course. And she woke me up. Uh, she had just taken a test. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that day. Um, and it was the most beautiful day of my life. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, uh, you know, it, it really is. Um, and so we, you know, at that point, I was kind of already into it a little too far to recognize what was going on and my alcoholism. And I was super high functioning. So we just kept going. And um, you know, she's like, I'm not going to give birth to this kid in this apartment. Cause we were li- we had sold our prior houses and we were living in this condo ish apartment place. And so bought a house, uh, for him, yeah. uh, this was about seven years ago. He's six years old right now. It was about seven yeah. years ago. And I was in the heavy stages of my drinking. I ended up, uh, remodeling my own house, uh, drinking every single day. I call it the drunken remodeler. I had at least a fifth in me <laughs> every day at that point. Um, could have been, you could have made a show out of that. Oh man, <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, dude, I <laughs> totally could have made, totally could have made an EA show or whatever that. that Gordon's was. house of drunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> drunken remodeler, one hundred. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like that
1: one. You know, I okay. a lot of people would actually watch it. <laughs> oh, call, just call it alcoholic remodel.
0: 100 percent and i uh i did i was really good at what i did so it turned out you know and it was that's where it was i had uh all my buddies come over and help me and i had the bottle in the cabinet and we'd pull out the shot glasses and take three or four and boom boom to the house got it done um we actually had uh three months of the lease left and three months uh um So I essentially had three months to remodel my house with a place to stay. So it was awesome. I got off work and I remodeled the house drunk and I went back to the apartment and passed out, rinse, wash and repeat for three months. Boom, moved into a nice new remodeled home. Um, and there we were, um, still drinking, still drinking every day. Mm -hmm. Um, she started, she was pregnant. So she was, you know, a pregnant lady and she's like, are you going to drink and smoke the whole, your whole life and doing this thing to me? So she had to quit smoking weed. She had to quit drinking. So there I was. Yep. Um, she was, you know, she was wanting to be a good mom. She was awesome. She had smoked cigarettes. She quit smoking cigarettes. I mean, everything. She was
1: the perfect for, pregnant for 80. her, man. That's, yeah. I'm I mean, glad you hear that. That's awesome.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the kid was, that's why, that's why I knew when she cried that she was going to be a good mom. And that was the start of her being a good mom. And uh, she really is a, a terrific mother. And sounds like um, it. we, so essentially I started kind of hiding it from her at that point you know, okay. um, you're not, I don't want you to know how much I'm drinking. So I kind of would, you know, keep it, I moved it out of the house. Mm. I put it out in the garage. I, put it, sure. uh, I didn't smoke weed in the house anymore. Um, so everything kind of moved out into my, you know, I call it the drug drawer and I had a bottle yep. hidden behind it and she never, she really, she knew that I was still drinking. She knew yeah. I would, you know, yeah. I had friends over and, stuff like that we'd have beers and hang out we would go to parties still and you know she knew I was doing it um and then he was born and Mm. stuff got a little bit stickier after that he was you know I was still high functioning I still had a job I still was moving and shaking and um she went back to her She had uh, four months of leave because she had a killer job, paid, um, still uh, started moving up from, and then it was uh, right around when he was about six months old, went to the morning drinking. So I would wake up, slam about eight to 10 shots of whiskey and go to work. Um, and so that was one of the last jobs that I had, uh, yeah. I got in a fight with my supervisor again, um, wasn't having it. Uh, he was uh, not as good as me, blah, blah. Everything was everybody else, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's how we, that's how we work. That's how we function. Yeah. That's um, how we,
1: that's how we keep our excuses going to Yeah.
0: The narcissism was there, everything okay. was there. Um, me, 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 I, I, I was at the forefront of my brain so I could keep my, my shit going and doing my thing. And I got fired from that job. Boom, he's about eight months old. Uh, right. She was killing it. And so she was at 100, 150 a year by herself. Wow. And so I, she goes, stay home. She, I, I was a weird. It was a weird twist of fate how we lost our babysitter right okay. at, on that same day that I got fired. It was uh-huh. the weirdest thing. And she goes, stay home, Dad. And I'm all, whoa, yeah. okay. And that kind of set me off to the races. So there I am in my PJs and my slippers with a tiny baby in diapers. Um, so there was no lack of, I was a whiskey guy at first and that was, yeah. that's where it kind of every day had a bottle. I'd get up really early, hit the gym early because I'm, I'm a, I'm a gym rat and, um, personal, I got certified as a personal trainer at one point too. So
1: that no, was always
0: at the forefront of, of, you know, really one of the reasons why I could drink like I drank is because I ate. I eat every two hours. I work out every single day. So it processes through my body a lot different than a lot of people that yeah.
1: and do. I was, I was the opposite. I wouldn't do any of that, especially eat, because right. I knew it would soak up the alcohol and take away the effect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And that, that's what it was. and And so I would... Go through my day, just you know, I got up to a fifth a day, easy. I actually huh? ended up uh, counting the shots in a fifth a couple of times. It's about twenty-four, twenty-five shots, depending on how deep you do them. Is it? I didn't know. Yeah, that. something <laughs> like that. And you tried uh out the bottle. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, right. So I, uh, so then I got. Uh, I would finish that fifth. He would be in my care. She would come home. I was doing the mm-hmm. whole. Baby crying in the crib, why is daddy passed out? Shit going on, right? Yeah. Um, she'd come home get mad, have you been drinking? You know, and
1: yeah. this
0: whole thing, and here he is with a shitty diaper, and you know, I wouldn't pass out for really long periods of time, but I would you know, the alcohol would take over and I would zone out. And yeah, nothing I could do. And I'd wake up to him crying, or I'd wake up to her pissed off at me and that's kind of how it all started, where she knew I had some kind of a problem. Okay. Um, couple different episodes that happened where we were in her job arena events and whatnot, where I would, you know, we'd go to these fancy events and yeah. she, I'd slam half a bottle before, yeah,
1: before and we then that, we'd right. get
0: there, and we, and then we'd get there, right? And then we'd get there, there would be more drinks. Yeah. And so then, of course, oh, yeah, of course, I'm having more drinks because the first drink makes us thirsty. Second drinks makes us more thirsty. First yeah. bottle makes us thirsty for the for the next bottle. You know, the mental yeah. obsession. Right. Yeah. And, and right. And so uh, she stuff started fizzling out at that point. She was, you know, the first time she ever mentioned divorce, he was one and a half or so. Something yeah. like that um but she didn't go through with it you know she i would always say i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop i'm not gonna yeah. do this anymore i'm then you met her it too when you said i did that you i I, I promised her a thousand times that i was gonna stop and i truly yeah. did i truly truly did and before i knew it i was you know at the grocery store with a yep. uh, fifth in my hand Uh, Don't even know how I got in that situation. Um, The kid was still a baby, so he didn't see it yet. Um, And then it was hidden in the garage. And so that hiding it went on for four or five years where it was just. She would recognize it here or there, still want me to drink like a normal person. She's like, why can't we just have beers together? Why can't we do the beer experiment? Why can't we do the wine experiment? Why can't we just be normal people? And yeah. so I would chug my my whiskey out in there, and then I would come in with the beer going inside. and be like, oh, cheers, wife. Okay, everything's yeah. normal.
1: And here yeah. I am,
0: you know, and uh, <laughs> there it is. And so I uh, got up into the... Whole fifth plus another six-pack, another 12-pack of beers. And I was at, you know, between 30 and 40 drinks um, every single day. Yep. Um, Got another job, um, you know, was functioning again. He started school, so there was room for me to go, you know. We were both working, doing our thing, still carrying on, still getting, you know, to where it would be. You know, the whiskey was smelly, so I then I switched to good old vodka because there's that bullshit <laughs> about vodka, right? Doesn't smell, right? so it's not even about quality anymore. It's not about anything that I like no. t- It didn't matter taste, nothing. It was the lowest brand of shit vodka. That right. was at the bottom of the barrel p- for price. When and you, when you've
1: made it to skull vodka,
0: Oh, god, and it didn't taste any <laughs> different to me you know um you know at that point and i was getting up towards where i would finish that vodka bottle in about four or five hours yeah and um go back to the store for another one stand in line wobbling and yeah. it was still, as long as i wasn't falling over which i wasn't because my tolerance was super high again i ate every two hours uh, protein shakes and, and bread and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, I was getting close to a half gallon a day. Um, then, you know, and, and drinking and driving every single day with the kid in the car, in the truck. Um, there wasn't a day that I didn't drink and drive. I should have got a thousand DUIs. Um, never, never got caught for some reason, some way, somehow, some rise, my, uh, you know, some rhyme, some reason, you know, my higher power, you know, was looking out for me is yeah. really what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, and so that was kind of another catalyst for her. She's a good mom. So I was coming home from being at places with him at my friend's houses, not remembering how I got home. Uh, complete blackout stage with the kid in the car. Um. At that point, um, I was puking stomach bile every single morning, shitting yep. super dark blood. Uh, side was hurting. Um, Should have went to the hospital many yep. times from DTS and didn't. And your liver was going. Oh yeah, I hadn't turned yellow yet, but I knew that you know something was going on and right yeah that's what that's the scariest thing i've ever heard man was you know all my eyes were yellow and all this shit i could see i kind of had like these weird veins in my chest that were kind of coming out a little bit too and um it was dark it was i knew i needed to stop and still couldn't still couldn't still couldn't still couldn't and what what happened
1: to you that made you decide this wasn't a life you wanted to live in
0: um bottom line is it came down to a couple more episodes where she wanted to move out um and she uh i almost beat up her dad he was living with me for a minute because he's a homeless alcoholic actually he's homeless Uh right now um and um she was away on business and she came back and she was like oh shit this is real trouble. I'm going to yeah. take the kid away and I'm moving out. Yeah. And so she told me straight up that it was time um she's filing for custody and divorce and the whole yeah. nine and I and, and I had this moment. I I was my bottom. That was yeah. my full desperation with desperation with yeah. real desperation comes real change. Yeah. Bottom line. And that's where I was with it. I had I had gone to AA a couple of times about three years ago um, okay. and never took it seriously, didn't know what a big book was, didn't know what a sponsor was really. I'd heard really? the term. Um, and then this was about six months ago um where this all happened, where yeah. I was um confronted with this. And so I I actually went and bought a a uh, uh, breathalyzer um oh, okay uh, yeah i had uh actually uh, right well i had been introduced so here this back up just for a second by I, I actually got introduced to my sponsor from a friend that was an alcoholic a friend from high school um oh, okay friends from both of us yeah um he found he was an alcoholic or is an alcoholic and he told me about this guy, hey, call this guy, he can help you, so I relapsed on him, I met him about a year or so ago, relapsed on him about four or five times, didn't take it seriously, didn't dive into it, didn't listen to what he said, Um, you know, the whole nine, so there I was relapsing, having more episodes, on and on and on, Um, gave up on him, went through this last bad, uh, spell where she was going to take the kid, and then I uh, bought the breathalyzer. And that was really yeah. a way that I could prove to her because I had lied to her for so long, so many times. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I could prove to her that I was, you know, not drinking right in front of her face, blow into it. There's no way that you can, you know, do this without it. And so I had that thing, uh, told my sponsor about it. He's like, oh, that's not going to work. He's all you'll figure it out, or you'll not do it one day, or something like that. That is not the end all be all. This program is the end That's all. That's true. Be all. Yeah. And, and he good was, start, uh, though. and so I white knuckled it with this freaking breathalyzer for two months. Yeah. And uh, I was still smoking a lot of weed. I kind of substituted the weed and the dabs, is what they're called. Yeah. they really, really potent. Uh, you know processed especially, especially dabbing dabbing oh, is dude.
1: Um, and, really uh, bad for your anxiety
0: oh man your blood pressure. you get way i was switching to edibles too and all this different and then uh melatonin was the biggest biggest one so i could sleep excuse me and yeah. uh i od'd on melatonin is what it comes down to at the end of the uh was another was the other big big catalyst for me i was uh, dry drunk um not getting the treatment not diving into the program uh didn't care about that just blowing into my breathalyzer smoking and and doing the melatonin i i od'd on melatonin put myself into a mini coma couldn't wake up yeah sleepwalking i didn't know melatonin could do that yeah, uh, well, I was taking it like Skittles. I probably down a quarter bottle. Of, okay. you know, it's not a, right. Yeah, it wasn't a couple. It was, oh, this helps me sleep, my anxiety, this, yes, that, so the other.
1: It. So the yes, weed was talking so about. Yes, thinking if one works well, then five will be better. I got
0: exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah, big time. And I was down to 15. I'd wake up from taking five or 10 and then take more in the middle of the night. Right. right. And so... I started sleepwalking. I scared the living shit out of my kid. Uh, I was throwing shit, doing weird, just super weird episode. Came down to you can't scare somebody straight, but I got scared yeah. back into AA. I, yeah. it was about four months ago. actually have two sober dates now so it was about four months ago i threw away all of my weed cleaned out all of my uh drug war yeah chucked it all in the trash chucked all the melatonin in the trash um and that was that i called my sponsor that night and i Uh said hey this happened and he's like yep and he was one of those guys. Never
1: gave up. He on was you. waiting for
0: that. He was waiting. He knew it. He never gave up on me. But yeah. he he was just waiting. You know what? Sometimes we got to go out and do more research. Is the way. He yeah. told me. You know what? You think you can handle life? You think you can do this untreated? You go for it. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. And statistically, there's probably a half a percent of people that could dry dry drunk it their whole lives, and yeah. probably not even that good. I know one. I know I'm not one of them. Right. That. Yeah. Right. And so there I was, and boom, I said, I've had enough, and I, I, I'll, I, you know, I am willing to go to any lengths to recover from alcoholism. Yeah. What it came down to. I wrote that in the front of the book. Off to the races we went. Uh, nice. Took it seriously. Dove in two feet, head burst into the deep end, whatever you want to That's call true. it uh blasted through the steps uh in about thir- about 25 days 30 days i was through oh. it um done wow. yeah i was making my amends he was coaching me through my amends on like day day 30 and i was already living 10 11 and 12 um yeah. every day um you know was on zoom finding zoom meetings and mm-hmm. uh, doing all of it um discovering things about myself that I didn't even know, uh, acting like I had no fears, acting like I had, you know, no resentments, acting like I had no defects and, you know, ended up started, you know, praying to my higher power. My higher power ended up being, uh, you know, he's like, don't worry about that. Don't get hung up on step two, your higher power, you, you know, it will come to you. Yeah. and and it ended up coming to me in the form of a couple different forms which was the allergy the science of it all okay. um, the fact that we are different we do not metabolize alcohol the same way as we correct different. um yeah. that allergy sends a signal to our brain yeah. uh, a chemical to <laughs> our brain from our liver that triggers the obsession that makes you want more how you know can you just have one and stop no you yeah. have no control over the amount that you drink once you start drinking um you know and that was pretty much boom holy crap i'm different wow you call it my higher power call it whatever you want okay that yeah. obsession that mental obsession scared the living shit out of me mm-hmm. i didn't i couldn't even i call it my puppet master uh it's your puppet master sticks his hand up your butt tells yeah. your brain what to do controls your hands controls your feet controls the key going into the truck to go back yeah. to the store to get more when you're already drunk. everything, everything. Yeah. reasoning doubt fears uh you know you know that obsession creates you know you drink because of your defects and your drinking causes defects and it, yeah. and it just and it just never ends it's just vicious vicious circle a vicious that, cycle that never right. stopped and that's where i was with it and once i discovered that that yeah. was it was a boom it was an awakening for me i go oh my yeah. gosh and it's
1: like you know when we when we stop fighting it mm, all changes almost immediately. yeah, yeah. we're no it's, longer having to defend ourselves and do all this extra stuff
0: yeah yeah and- yeah. I mean, Bill Wilson referred to us as children of the darkness. Um, and that's what it yeah. was. It was true darkness for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did uh, whenever I he had me write down the 10 craziest things I ever did. And he goes, I told him and he goes, you forgot one. He goes, you took another drink when you were sober thinking you can control it. That was yeah. the craziest thing you ever that's, did. Yeah. That's a crazy and I go thing and I did it many times and I go, yeah. oh, shit.
1: And, like culture, and I'm mm. glad for it that he really pounded into your brain that you're a hopeless alcoholic, and you needed that because you were such a high-functioning alcoholic. Exactly. High-functioning alcoholics are harder to get through to, so yeah. he had to kind of chip, do some chipping away to get at you there. Yeah. What a great sponsor! You have a great oh, sponsor.
0: He's he's phenomenal. He I, I owe my life to him. I owe my life to this program. Um, I owe my life to him. I refer to him as a general. Um right. it's a good right. analogy that I come up I came up with on my own was you go to war, right? Your general's a hard ass. Your general's gonna tell you how it is, he's gonna teach you. He's gonna teach you how to climb that rope to get out of that bunker, to get out of that foxhole, right? Yeah. And that's what it was. You move out of that foxhole, you do what you do something that I didn't tell you to do, or you doubt me, you're gonna step on a landmine, which is alcohol, yeah. and you're gonna go back out and you're to drink is to die. At this level, at in stage, stage, uh, you know, stage three, in stage, boom, you are psychotic, alcoholic, you are insane. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, bottom line is that at the end of that war, when you survive that war, it's not, he's not your friend. It goes way beyond friend. He saved yeah. your life. The brotherhood. He, brotherhood. He, yeah, that's why, you know, I, I, that's why I refer to it as that, it, you know, and I am a foot soldier and all my um he calls them road dogs and yeah. and you know all all my brothers that are there with me that i call all the time we're foot <laughs> soldiers and he is a general and bottom yeah. line is that now i owe my life to this guy and i'm a prodigy of him he raised it he he trains sponsor he sponsors sponsors so now yeah now i i had this uh about two months into it all i had my another my higher my second higher power came to me in the fact that whatever was looking out for me, isn't done with me yet. And I get to do step 12. Yeah, I get two. to give back and help teach and drag and throw people a rope and teach them how to climb that yep. rope out of that dark ass hole that yep. they're in and, and be able to, um, truly, truly help change the negativity in this world for the better restore yep. families, restore jobs, save people's lives. You know, um, oh. it, it's huge, and and lo and behold, I I tried uh, one of my friends from high school, a year younger than me. I'm forty three years old. Okay. He's a year younger than me. He was in liver failure, staged. He they he he was full on getting his stomach pumped, needed yeah. a liver. They took him off the transplant list because he could not it, uh, yeah, quit drink. If you drink, they won't get a drink it, drink. it had a hold on him. It was one of my wife's friends oh, as man. well. And she couldn't understand it. She, I created a, I created an Alanon. She's a full on Alanon, doesn't understand it. Um, and she, I was like, you gotta realize this wasn't him. Yeah. He, he had no control of what he was doing. He'd go to the yeah. hospital, get a stomach pump, and go buy a bottle and drink it. Yeah. You know, and they're telling would, him, you're gonna die would, in six months. You're gonna die. And so, beyond he, human aid
1: and beyond. Yeah. And he, those are, and those are the tough ones, man.
0: Oh, dude, he, he, it had him, it had him. And the day I talked to him, we, he was only going to call me for five minutes. We talked for two and a half hours. Yeah. Right. And, and straight (laughs) up, I tried to drag him into my home troop, try to introduce him to my sponsor. Yeah. You don't have to die from this, bro. you don't have to leave your two babies behind? He has three, had a three year old and a five year old. Yeah. And, you know, they were taken away from him because he was dangerous. The, the ex was you know, yeah. pissed at him. the
1: whole night the life are. was
0: over the evil, the the craziness of alcoholism had grabbed him. Boom. That night that he was supposed to come to the meeting. this was like two or three months ago. Uh, he drank a whole bottle and passed out. And I got the word from my wife's friend that that's what happened. That's why he didn't show up. And there he was all bloated and jacked up. Lo yeah. and behold, it was probably two weeks ago. Now I got the call. Um, and yeah, he they found him with a bottle next to him. yeah, and he was in a coma and organ failure, and they took him to the hospital and they couldn't revive him and yeah, there he is. Uh, a year younger than me, Um, and this yeah. disease took him. This, the it, it took his mind and it took his body. yeah, and there it was. And you know, in the beginning, I, I was keep telling my wife, I'm like, he didn't say when he started drinking, he didn't say I'm gonna be the guy that loses everything. And dies of liver failure dies in a coma.
1: That wasn't his plan. No.
0: And that's what that's that's how evil, that's how evil this is. That's that's what this alcohol does to you. Yeah. And and the fact is, is that I was there. I was I was right there. I was on the cusp with
1: what I was happening to
0: my body. And um I when I dove into this program, the depression left and the obsession left. The, i call it the ashes are gone yeah. and they it really is gone the miracle the miracle isn't that i don't drink the miracle is is i don't want to drink and it, i owe it to this program i owe yeah. it to alcoholics anonymous i owe it to my sponsor for teaching me the right way to go through it and for being there all the time we do you know sponsored training. And I, you know, all the, you know, I talk to him almost every day still. Yeah. I, you know, he's still molding me. Um, yeah, it's I'm, a lifetime I'm, process. It is. is. I'm, you know, I, I, I revisit one, two, and three. I know I'm an alcoholic. I can't control it. Higher power uh, which I stated before. And I turn it over to my higher power every day. And then I live 10, 11, and 12 every day. So li- work the program, live the program. I bombarded my, I bombarded my brain and my body and my soul with booze and drugs for yeah. 30 some years. And now I don't even know who I am. I'm reborn. I pinch myself every day. I yeah. essentially say I'm in diapers and I am discovering who I am as a sober person for the first time in my life before, my, even before my brain was developed, I was, yeah. I was induced. And yeah. here I am now um, again, and I shouldn't have came out of it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't, uh, the desperation causes true change and that's what happened. And it, yeah. I owe it to this program and this is a beautiful program. There's nothing, there's nothing less than miraculous. Uh, uh, you know, I can't really say enough, enough about it. Um, you know, again, my higher power wasn't done with me yet. Uh, yeah. I was meant to be here talking to you. I was meant to be in at in a a as a counselor, as an experienced strength and hope giver, um whatever you want to call it, as a sponsor, um to help change the world for the better. And yeah. you know, and that's what it is. And that's what and, I'm gonna do. And we can
1: we can change the world by working in our communities. So we you know we start with our families and then we start to work and work into the communities. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything that you want you'd like to end on? Maybe a piece of advice or Uh, story or something you'd like to tell?
0: Yeah the the biggest piece of advice I could
1: give is
0: give it a chance to the newcomer that is doubting, thinking this or that or the other. Mm -hmm. Don't get hung up on step two and three, which is your higher power. A lot of that detours people. It um, it can take you away from it and give it a chance. The biggest thing that, you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out for you, for some reason, all you're going to do is waste a little bit of pen and paper and, and some time, you know, and and dive into it head first. Do, you know, half avails half measures avail us nothing. Um, bottom line. So dive into it. If you are desperate, if you do want change, if you do want to be sober, um, then you know you you can do it with this program. Um, another uh, quick one, uh, the a good quote that I like to end on. I can't, I don't know who actually said it, but it says, "When your life is degrading faster than you can lower your standards, you are ready for recovery." Yeah.
1: Okay. That that is hard, man. It really does. It, it does. does. That's- it's one of those ones where it hurts a little because it's true <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i've got lots more of those quotes you know i'd, I'd rather go through life admitting i'm an alcoholic
1: than go yeah.
0: drunk ruining my life um you know there's lots and lots of different things that i've uh and it's been a short amount of time for me like i said i pinch myself all the time yeah. uh, Get get sober by working the steps, stay sober by doing step 12, passing it on as freely as it was uh, given to you, you know, and that's it. And that's the beautiful of this program. It's not paid. We pay it forward. We give it back. And that's that's really what makes it so We are the
1: ultimate pay it forward
0: program. Absolutely. And so, you know, and that's really what, you know, for me, that's what happened. And it really has changed my life. That's fair. I'm a different person because of it as well. I'll uh, I'll end on that too. Is that yeah. I'm a child? I'm, I'm going to tell you, I like the
1: person you turned into. I mean, you you <laughs> caught weird. my ear to get you here on the show. Thank you, again for taking your time on a Saturday afternoon to. Oh, to hang out yeah. with me and, to, and tell me what your life was like i appreciate
0: that it's my pleasure man it's my pleasure Um, you know i'm i'm going for
1: uh you know you
0: do it 24 hours a day and 24 hours will turn into 24 years before you know it, that's it you know and that's really what it comes down to you know and i appreciate you it's my pleasure being here bud I, you know, and um, like I said, it, to me, it's it's more than just service work to stay sober. It's, mm-hmm. it's service work to help the world change and get out of this darkness that is bestowed on all of us from society. And, you know, everybody, it's okay. It, it's everywhere. You can't yep. hide from alcohol. You got to get rid of the obsession. Bottom line, <laughs> there's no way to hide from it. It's there. It's in your face, constant, you know, so we got to do our thing. We got to do our thing, man. We got to help. We got to help the alcoholics. You're helping me and you help, you know, you do your service work and I appreciate you, man. More than, you know, this is awesome. I love it that you do
1: this podcast and
0: it is really powerful and and you probably reach a lot of people with it. And that's great.
1: Storytelling, I think is pretty important. Yeah. It really is. You got to connect. Oh, all right. For, for, for for our listeners. Thank you. Um, I know you're going to hang out and listen to the next podcast, uh, but uh, do us a favor if you do, if you can share this, maybe on your Facebook or with some of your friends. Um, We do not promote. We are attraction rather than promotion. Um, One thing that I would like to end on is when we first started, Gordon had talked about being grateful about being an alcoholic. I'm going to take it a little further i am grateful that i'm an alcoholic and i am grateful for that because i cannot think of any other reason that i would have sought for god because i love god being in my life that much that i'm now grateful that i went through what i went through because i love what i have now thank you everybody for being here i love you Peace out and have a day.